0: Hi, and welcome to Better Than New, the podcast to help you find a cool used car, truck, or SUV at a price you'll love. I'm your host, Gary Crenshaw, and if you've never owned a two-door coupe or sports car with a V8 engine, but you've always wanted to, then it's probably time to check that off your bucket list. And today's Better Than New episode is focused on a used car that's the perfect choice for your V8 fantasies. First, it has an amazing sounding V8, it also looks great, it handles great, it's affordable, relatively anyway in this overpriced market, and with more than 400 horsepower and a six-speed manual transmission, it'll put a stupid grin on your face that may require cosmetic surgery to remove. I mean seriously, it's that much fun. And I'll tell you what it is and why it's so great in just a moment. So hop in, buckle up, and let's go for a drive. So the car in question is the Ford Mustang, an iconic car that went on sale for the first time in 1964 and really doesn't require much of an introduction. That said, if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know that I focus on recommending cars and trucks that are both fun and affordable so you get the most value for the dollars you spend and you get the most fun for the dollars you spend. And to help you get the best combination of attractive styling, horsepower, and handling, all at an affordable price, the model I am recommending today is the 2011 or later Mustang GT. And I'm going to recommend this Mustang with a very narrow set of options that make the most of what the car has to offer. Now before we dig deeper into this Mustang GT, what makes it great, and which features you should look for, let's look back at the decade leading up to the 2011 Mustang GT and how the competitive landscape influenced its further development. Now in the early 2000s, there were only three American pony cars remaining that offered a V8 engine, the Chevrolet Camaro, the Pontiac Firebird, and the Ford Mustang. Now, the term pony car was a class of vehicles inspired by the original 1965 Ford Mustang. Now, I'm not exactly sure how the name came about, but it's probably safe to assume that since a Mustang is a horse and a horse is also a pony, then a Mustang is a pony car. Uh, who knows? But let's assume that's correct. Anyway, according to Wikipedia, a pony car is, quote, an American car classification for affordable, compact, highly styled coupes or convertibles with a sporty or performance-oriented image, unquote. Now, each of the three cars mentioned, the Camaro, the Firebird, and the Mustang, were offered as either a two-door coupe or a convertible, with a choice of manual or automatic transmissions, and either a six-cylinder or eight-cylinder engine. The hottest versions of these cars were typically fixed-roof coupes with a V8 and a manual transmission. In the year 2000, Ford's Mustang was on its fourth generation, known as the SN95, which was offered from 1994 through 2004. Camaro and Firebird were also on their fourth generations, and those were sold from 1993 to 2002. Now, after a period of declining sales, Chevrolet decided to cease production of the Camaro completely at the end of the 2002 model year, with no follow-on generation of Camaro scheduled at that point. Now, production of Pontiac's Firebird was canceled as well in 2002, leaving the Mustang as the sole remaining pony car from the 1960s and one of a dwindling number of V8 cars overall. Now, that fourth-generation SN95 Mustang was built on the long-running Fox Body platform that had been around since 1979. But in spite of the platform's age and the fact that the Mustang's key competitors had thrown in the towel in 2002... Ford continued to develop the Mustang, which is great news for enthusiasts like you and me. Now, for example, Ford launched a fourth version of the storied Mach 1 Mustang for the 2003 and 2004 model years. Its 4.6 liter V8 made 305 horsepower and 320 pound-feet of torque, which was up 45 horsepower and 18 pound-feet of torque over the 4.6 liter V8 in the standard Mustang GT. There was also a more powerful SVT Mustang Cobra for 2003 and 2004 as well. And that Cobra, dubbed the Terminator, featured a supercharged 4.6-liter V8 that made 390 horsepower and 390 pound-feet of torque. Now, according to a June 1st, 2002 car and driver magazine road test of a 2003 model SVT Mustang Cobra, That was enough power to rocket the car from 0 to 60 miles per hour in 4.5 seconds and run the quarter mile in 12.9 seconds at 111 miles per hour. Those are quick numbers even today, but back in 2003, that was on par with Ferrari's 360 Modena supercar. So the SVT Mustang Cobra was quick. Now, 2004 was the last model year for the fourth generation SN95 Mustang which was also the last Mustang to be built on that Fox Body platform that, again, like I mentioned earlier, had been around since 1979. That's 25 years of Fox Body Mustangs. It was time for a change. So in 2005, the fifth generation Mustang was born, and it was built on a new platform known as the S-197. And there's no mistaking the lineage of this new fifth generation example as anything other than a Mustang because the retro styling was spot-on reminiscent of the late 1960s Mustangs and quite well received by Ford fans. Now the standard V8 in the 5th gen Mustang GT was still an overhead cam 4.6 liter V8 with three valves per cylinder, but it now made 300 horsepower and 320 pound-feet of torque. Available transmissions were either a Tremec 5-speed manual or an automatic, And there was also a 4.0-liter 6-cylinder engine available on the 2005 Mustang that made 210 horsepower. Now, that 60s retro look of the initial 5th-gen Mustang continued for the first five model years, and it matched well with the special models like the Bullet Mustangs of 2008 and 2009. But with Chevrolet's Camaro slated to be relaunched in 2010 and the success of the retro-styled Challenger, the Dodge relaunched in 2008, the competition was heating up, so it was time for another update to Ford's pony car. So to keep up with and get ahead of the Joneses, so to speak, the styling of the Mustang got a major exterior update in 2010. The new look was a more modern interpretation of that late 60s Mustang styling found on the 05 through 09 models, and personally, I think it's one of the best-looking Mustangs ever. The interior got an upgrade as well, along with some welcome handling improvements. But with some serious competition from Chevy and Dodge, the big news for Mustang was the introduction of the new Coyote V8 for the 2011 model year, which offered considerably more horsepower and torque. So Ford vans were really excited because 2011 brought the return of a true 5-liter with the new Coyote V8 engine. And this engine is the reason I highly recommend the 2011 and later Mustangs here on Better Than New. Now, this new dual overhead cam 32-valve V8 was rated at 412 horsepower and 390 pound-feet of torque. No supercharger, no turbos, just a deep-breathing V8 that's only slightly larger in displacement, but makes 97 more horsepower and 65 pound-feet more torque than the 4.6-liter V8 in the 2010 model. And based on the engine's performance when the 2011 Mustang was introduced, magazine writers from Motor Trend didn't believe Ford's horsepower numbers, so they dyno-tested their Coyote engine Mustang GT, And found actual output was closer to 435 horsepower and 404 pound-feet of torque. That's amazing! So this new engine combined with the attractive new exterior plus excellent handling and braking make the 2011 Mustang GT a better overall package compared to the Camaro or the Challenger. Now what also made it great was its lower weight compared to the competition. Now the Mustang's not some lightweight But at 3,600 pounds, it's still about 200 or 250 pounds less than the Camaro SS, and it's about 500 pounds less than the Dodge Challenger. That's a big difference, and it makes a big difference in terms of the handling. Now, another win for the Mustang was the view out the windows. It's frankly just much easier to see out of a 2011 Mustang when driving compared to the Camaro and the Challenger. So when you've taken on the other pony cars and come out on top— Why not take on what many consider to be a much more serious sports car, like the BMW M3? So Motor Trend put the Mustang GT up against a 2011 BMW M3 Coupe with its 414 horsepower V8. Now, I'll include links to a couple of videos, one in which the BMW and Mustang go head-to-head in the quarter-mile run, and it's basically a dead heat each time. And in the second video, Motor Trend hooked up with pro race driver Randy Popst, who runs each car back-to-back on Willow Springs Raceway to see which is the better car on a road course. Now, he really liked the Mustang and thought it sort of overperformed. But in the end, he thought "Eh, the BMW was just, you know, it was a little bit quicker, a little bit better. It was the winner. And he was right. However, it was only faster around the road course by one-tenth of a second per lap that's really close. And frankly, a set of aftermarket shocks and springs could easily eliminate that small difference. So it's clear that the 2011 Mustang GT is one amazing overachiever, especially on a racetrack. But assuming you're not a race car driver, why exactly might you want to buy one to use on the street for your weekend pleasure or maybe your daily driver? Well, you might want to buy a 2011 or later Mustang GT because you like cars that are fun to drive. Now, this is one of those cars that can instantly turn you into a kid again. Any road you take this down leads directly to your inner child. No map required. You'll grin and you'll giggle with each rev of the motor every time you accelerate out of a corner and every time you drop the clutch and chirp the tires. You may also experience a serious uptick in tickets from Johnny Law, but get a good attorney, stick to the B-roads, and try to keep a low profile as much as you can. Now, you might want to buy a 2011 or later Mustang GT because you love the sound of a V8 engine. Look, this 5-liter Coyote engine in the 2011 and later Mustang is one of the greats. I say pitch the stereo out the window and save some weight because you won't need it the soundtrack of this V8 is way better. Okay? Now, you might want to buy a 2011 or later Mustang GT because you love a slick-shifting manual transmission. Now, the one that comes in this car is a joy to use and simply adds to the connective analog experience that is the Mustang GT. Now, sure, you can buy one with an automatic and, you know, it's not a terrible transmission or anything. In fact, it's just fine. However, this is a car you want to feel with your hands and your feet. And nothing better to do that than a six-speed manual transmission shift knob in your right hand and a clutch pedal under your left foot. Now, you might want to buy a 2011 or later Mustang GT because you're looking for a car with a timeless, sporty design. Now, I think this model year Mustang looks great. It makes you want to turn around and look at it just one more time every time you close the door after a long drive and start to walk away. This is one of those cars, at least in my opinion, that's hard to look away from. And it's one of the best-looking Mustang models ever made over the car's 58-year run. So the 2011 and later Mustang GT is really an amazing car. But nothing's perfect, so I should probably talk about what's not so great, about the 2011 Mustang GT. So in a word, there's not much, but since I have to say something, I'll say this. Neighbors might think you're going through a midlife crisis if you buy one. But hey, who cares what they think? And if you're not old enough to have a midlife crisis yet, just remember, you're going to have one eventually, so you might as well get it over with now. Uh, Just kidding. Oh, so you want something more serious about the car. Okay. Well, if we're being honest, this is a two-door coupe. It's not made to haul a lot of people. So if you're cross-shopping this with, say, a Cadillac Escalade, you probably need therapy because this is really made to haul two people and their stuff with the occasional passenger or two in the backseat for drives probably not exceeding 20 miles. Okay? It's a two-door coupe. Not made to haul people. Another thing that's not so great about it, it's not a snow car or a trailhead car. I mean, this is a rear-wheel drive V8 coupe that does a pretty good imitation of a high-performance sports car when equipped with a set of sticky summer tires. It prefers paved roads in spring, summer, and fall. And maybe, just maybe, some light snow on flat roads with a good set of, say, Blizzak winter tires. It's not a snow car. It's not a car you're going to drive to the trailhead. You wouldn't want to do that. It's, you know, a high-performance street car. Rear-wheel drive. Another thing that's not so great is the fuel economy. But it's not terrible either for a V8 Mustang. It's rated at 17 city and 26 highway with a 20 mile per gallon average, which, frankly, it's about 4 to 5 more mile per gallon than the people you regularly see driving giant SUVs around your neighborhood with only one person inside. Hey, who's saving the world now, huh? Get a Mustang. And the final thing about the Mustang that I want to say is everything in moderation. So this is the sort of car that goads you into doing stupid stuff. You rev the engine more because it sounds cool. You slide it around corners because you can. And you accelerate harder than you should, more often than not, because, well, 412 horsepower V8. Now, you can restrain yourself most of the time, but this thing's like a little devil on your shoulder, egging you on. So if you get one, be careful. Now, if I haven't scared you off from buying a 2011 or newer Mustang GT, what should you look for when searching for one? So, on a high horsepower rear drive car like a Mustang, the maturity level of the owner or owners and how many times it's changed hands over the years tends to matter more than on most other cars. Older, more mature owners tend to take better care of their vehicles. Now, of course, that's not always the case, but what would you rather buy? A single owner Mustang GT from a 50-year-old engineer who's knowledgeable about mechanical systems and had the income to consistently cover the cost of ongoing maintenance and also kept records of every oil change and part purchased over the last 12 years, or a six-owner Mustang, last in the possession of a 20-year-old who calls everyone dude, isn't sure when the oil was changed last, and said that, the check engine light's no big deal, dude, and will go off after about 10 minutes after you start it up in the morning. Uh, that and the AC needs a recharge, dude. Look, if it's me, no offense to my dude Lebowski, but I'm going with option one. Okay. Another thing, you want to get a Carfax on a car like this. This will go a long way towards indicating how many people have owned the car, what maintenance was done, and how many accidents it's been in. If multiple owners with multiple accidents show up on the Carfax report, I would consider passing on that Mustang. Now certainly there are times when a car can have multiple owners and still be okay, but multiple accidents, especially with multiple owners, is a clear sign of abuse or worse, meager driving skills mixed with a powerful rear-drive platform. Either way, that's a bad deal for you. Also, a Carfax can help identify cars with a branded or rebuilt title. You definitely don't want one of those in a Mustang GT. Also, you want to do a pre-purchase inspection. Once you've found a car, you've met the owner, you've test-driven it, everything seems okay. Unless you really know the owner and the car, doing a pre-purchase inspection is imperative to make sure there's no abuse or accident damage or rust in a hidden area that you can't see. It's also going to help you determine if there's any upcoming maintenance that'll cost extra or any parts that may be ready to fail. Now, I would find a mechanic who's familiar with Mustangs, and if they're really good, they're going to be in that category of, hey, I've seen it all. And they'll know what to look for, and they'll tell you what to avoid. So that's the basic stuff that you want to do. But now let's get into the specific features that I recommend on one of these cars. So when searching for a 2011 or newer Mustang, the following features will provide you with the most pleasure, performance, and fun when you're behind the wheel. Starting with purchasing either a Mustang GT or a Mustang GT Premium. These are the ones with the 5-liter V8. You want the V8. Look, the six cylinder is not bad. It makes 305 horsepower, but the V8 makes 412. And you're buying this for the joy of driving. The V8 just, it sounds better. It goes quicker. That's what you want. All right. Also, you want to get one with the Brembo front brake package. This will give you shorter stopping distances and better braking control, which is so important in a car like this. You also want to get a limited slip differential in either a 3.55 or 3.73 gear ratio. The 3.73 gear ratio will give you the quickest acceleration. The 3.55 is kind of a compromise, but it's not bad. I would definitely go with one if I found one. So either one of those two in a limited slip. You also want to get one with a six-speed manual. It makes the car what it is. Again, you could get an automatic, but why? Get the manual. And finally, I would try to find one with the HID headlights. It's not a deal breaker for me, but the HID or high intensity discharge headlights are just brighter and the more light you have at night is better. So I would go with that. Okay, so what should you expect to pay for a 2011 or newer Mustang? I would look at 2011 and 2012. Once you start to move to 2013, the prices start to go up And I'm trying to help you get as much value as you can. So again, 2011, we'll start there. Anyway, prices tend to be all over the place lately, but there is some evidence that prices for used cars are falling. Now, time will tell if that's true, but looking for a Mustang GT over a wider area, say within 500 miles of where you live, rather than like 100 miles, and being patient enough to find the right car at the right price rather than just buying the first one you see, will help save you money and get you exactly what you're looking for in the long run. So start with that. Now, our target car, the one that I described in terms of features just a moment ago, that's going to be somewhere around $16,000, maybe $17,000 from a private party. Now, I ran a price estimate on kbb.com, which is Kelly Blue Book, for a hypothetical 70,000-mile 2011 Mustang GT Premium with the Brembo brake package, and the private party price came in between 15000 and 18000 with a middle of 16435 Now, I think this is very likely what you would pay for a similar car over the next few months if you can find a private party listing. Now, if the mileage is higher, or if some of the features are less, you, you would pay less or expect to pay less— But again, there's not a lot of cars right now. Currently, not many private party listings. Look, January is not exactly the best time of year to search for a Mustang GT from a private party. However, I would expect to see more examples hitting the market uh, probably around March, April, and May when the weather warms up a bit. Now, you might be thinking, is Kelly Blue Book accurate? Well, that's a great question, And in the last year or two, I've seen KBB price estimates well under what people were actually asking and likely what people were paying for used cars. Now, part of that was because prices inflated and went up really quickly. And once they go up, it takes time for them to come back down. However, in this case, I do think the private party pricing that they gave for this particular hypothetical car is pretty close to reality. So I would focus on that. Now, I would expect to pay more at a dealership. In a nationwide search on Autotempest.com, the majority of dealer-focused Mustang GTs that fit the search parameters that I outlined earlier were priced between 22,000 and 28,000, with most in the 24 to 25,000 range. That's way overpriced, in my opinion. I think the price that these should be actually selling for, at least this time of year, is probably closer to 20,000. And maybe rising to 21 or 22,000 for some of the lower mile examples in the summer or when the weather's nicer. Now, a a super low mileage example that, say, has 20,000 miles, it's gonna sell for more money because that's almost like a collector car, right? But I'm talking about cars that are, you know, 70, 80, 90,000 miles. They should be $20,000 or less at a dealer. Now, in my searching on dealer websites, I found two low mile yet what I consider to be reasonably priced dealer vehicles. One was a white 2012 Mustang GT Premium with leather seats, the 6-speed manual, HID headlights, a 373 Limited Slip Rear Differential, and the Brembo Brake Package, basically the full meal deal, with less than 66,000 miles for $19,664, so basically 20000 in Livermore, California. The other was a black 2011 Mustang GT with cloth seats, the six speed manual, and the Brembo brake package with 73,000 miles for 18,950. And it was located in California as well. It was in Pomona, California. Those were the only two that I would consider if I were looking. The others just too expensive. Now, for comparison, if you're willing to buy a 2011 and newer Mustang that's been driven more miles, I did find another black standard GT with cloth seats and the Brembo brake package at a dealer in Pennsylvania that had 126,000 miles on the odometer, and it was priced at 14990 Personally, if I was going to buy either of these, I'd probably pick the white one because it has all the features and, you know, maybe offer them a little bit less than what they were asking for it. Now, the ad that I looked at, I think it was, I want to say cars.com or car gurus, but they showed that the dealer had actually lowered the price multiple times, like six or seven times, starting around 22000 and coming down to this 19664 price. They were definitely chasing the market down, so it might be worth making an offer. Which brings me to my next question How long do you want to wait for prices to drop? Now, recent news reports indicate that used car prices dropped in December of 2022, and many people assume that they'll continue to drop in 2023. I'm one of those people, okay? However, consumers are still paying thousands more than they would have if normal depreciation forecasts had held true. So if normal depreciation had been happening, (laughs) these Mustangs would be a lot less expensive. By some accounts, prices are up at least 33% over where they should have been for all used vehicles, not just the Mustang. Now, to illustrate that big price differential that we're dealing with right now because of inflation, or at least short-term inflation, there's one Mustang GT that I remember from a a bring-a-trailer auction. This was from five years ago, November of 2017, that sold for a very reasonable $11,500. Now, it was a 2011 Mustang GT Premium. It was white, had black leather, had a six-speed manual, had the 3.55 limited slip differential, and the Brembo brake option. Almost an identical car to the white one I mentioned earlier that was almost $20,000. Okay? This particular white car had 101,000 miles, and it came with a set of Ford Mustang GT500 wheels mounted on the car, and an extra set of 19-inch wheels that came with the car originally, and an extra set of tires. It was in really nice condition. Now, a similarly equipped mustang g t today would probably be more like you know fourteen fifteen, maybe sixteen thousand, possibly higher. so the fact that this car five years ago was eleven thousand five hundred dollars in an auction where you kind of expect cars to be higher priced because people tend to bid them up that's pretty amazing now it's certainly disappointing that the prices are so inflated. however, life is short, so maybe the joy of getting the perfect mustang g t that you want now outweighs the extra cost of buying in this era of highly inflated used car prices. Only you can answer that question, but again, life's short, so think about it. So if you've ever wanted to get a two-door coupe or sports car with a V8 engine, or in this case, a pony car with a V8 engine, but for whatever reason, life just got in the way and stopped you from doing the impractical but joyful thing, I think it's time to follow through on your V8 dream before the option goes away. And in my opinion, one of the best values in a fun-to-drive V8 car is the 2011 or newer Ford Mustang GT with the 6-speed manual, a limited slip differential, and the Brembo brake package. With its 412 horsepower Coyote V8 and solid handling, this car represents an overwhelmingly good value and more performance than most people can handle. Maintain it well and treat it with respect and you'll be enjoying your Mustang GT with a big stupid grin on your face for many years to come. And with that, thanks for listening to this episode of Better Than New. And be sure to join me next week for a look at another cool used car, truck, or SUV at a price you'll love. Also, if you like what you've heard, please subscribe and follow this podcast so I can keep bringing you content about fun-to-drive cars like the 2011 or newer Ford Mustang GT. And with that, I'm Gary Crenshaw, this is Better Than New, and I'm really glad you came along for the ride.